Welcome to the Multifamily Five, where industry experts provide raw information about how they are achieving success in the current market conditions. And now, your host, Dallas-based real estate broker, Mark Allen. And welcome to the Multifamily Five. Today, I have Michael Oxstein with Price Realty Corporation. Mike, how's it going? Great. Thanks for asking. Yeah, well, excited to have you on. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there that are interviewing new syndicators that have been in this business for two, maybe five years. Um, and, and I tend to focus more so on the vendor side and just understand how different vendors can add value. And from time to time, I'll have investors. So it's uh, really exciting to get a veteran who started in this business, um, you know, from my understanding, back in the 80s. Uh, and then has has done a lot of different things um, and has scaled uh, to you know what several thousand units, um, going full cycle on, on a lot of deals, seeing multiple real estate cycles. So, anyways, uh, thanks for coming on today and excited to uh, have you share your experiences. I appreciate y'all asking me to do this today. Yeah, great. So, with that, if you want to go ahead and just introduce yourself and how you got started in the business and. Uh, Talk a little bit about uh, how that led up to your focus today and, and what you're working on. Well, uh, appreciate you taking the time to uh, ask me. And, you know, I've been, I feel like a dinosaur, but not really. Every day is like a brand new day. Um, so I got my start right out of college for Marcus and Millichap and spent 11 years focusing nothing on investment, real estate, you know, apartment sales. And, um, it, it was great learning. It was it was uh, well rewarding seeing what other buyers how they bought, how they managed, how they underwrote. So uh, you know, so I started in '83 when the you know be, you know when the the tax laws are very favorable buying apartments. Anybody who could to acquire apartment was in the business. Then in '86, while I was at Marcus and Millichap, they changed the tax laws and. It seemed like everybody went into Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and all owners started taking back all the, you know, all the apartments back. So it was like, it was like, oh my God, I can't believe all these deals that we thought were great deals, um, they were heavily leveraged. A lot of them went back, and then you know the lenders needed expert brokers to represent them in, the, in liquidating these assets. So. Uh, it was a perfect time for me being a broker, doing workouts, working with, you know, lenders that have taken them back. Um, and then, you know, slowly started working with the RTC and the FDIC. And uh, and I go, well, God, we should, you know, I said to myself, I should take advantage of this. So, you know, in 88, 89, I started out, you know, you know, bought my first duplex and then bought a 12 unit. Uh, just with friends, and then my first deal really was I bought a uh, a Freddie Mac foreclosure, a 50-60-unit complex called the Wilshire House on Mockingbird and Skillman here locally in Dallas, and that was my really my first vacation. And um, you know, went from there uh, to acquire about 184 units, and then at the time I had about 300 units. And I think if you're a broker listening to this podcast. And I came to the realization you, you can't do both. Either you focus on brokering or you focus on, you know, raising capital and buying deals for your own account. So uh, basically at that point, I, I came to a crossroads. 
and decided, you know, it's, it's time to, you know, go on your own. You have about 300 units. Um, let's make the transition. I just recently bought a 73 unit deal from HUD at the courthouse staffs. And uh, we moved our offices in this property called uh, Huntington Townhomes, which is at Spring Valley in Coit. And the way the previous owner used to fix the sewer issues, he just cut the pipes with a two-pipe chiller. So I left Marcus and Milichap, moved my offices. There was no HVAC. The plumbing was shot. Uh, my friend and I, we did this major redevelopment, went individual HVAC, changed the front, redid everything on that property. Um, and, and I had my offices in there. My wife was also about eight months pregnant. I just left Marcus to Milichap. We called it the rehab from hell because everything was broken. But make a long story short, it, you know, it turned out really well, refinanced it, put Freddie Mac debt on it, um, held it for a long time. And I think we sold it probably, you know, late nineties. Um, but that's where our, our first office was there. So there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears, probably a lot of tears, but, um, uh, you know, the deal, the deal turned out well. I think I had every credit card I own hocked up to the moon just to continue to do the renovation. And so anyway, at, at the point time went on, I got up to over a thousand years and I said, look, I come from the brokerage world. I'm, I don't, I'm, I need someone really sharp on the management side. And I think that's what really makes or breaks you in this business. It's strictly man. I mean, you can always make great buys, but if you don't manage it well, it could be a bad buy. So at that time, uh, we were up to about a thousand units. I hired someone, and uh, her name's Renee Bluestein. She's been with me over 25 years, and we've formed a great partnership where, you know, I'm responsible for finding them, buying them, raising the capital, and then turning them over to someone who's a lot smarter than I am about running them, managing them, budgets, keeping up with capital items, etc. So um, anyhow, that's. That's really been, you know, that's how we've really surprised to survive the ups and downs of this, you know, you know, because the market's a roller coaster. You know, right now everything is great, but eventually, you know, we'll be hitting bottom again, and we'll have to build it right back up. But you know, having adequate reserves, managing it right, taking care of deferred maintenance um, are, are, are critical when you get into this business. Great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that. So what's your focus today, both uh, you and, and your company, Price Realty Corporation, and, and what services do you provide? So right now, you know, we do both high net worth uh, syndication and, and, and also institutional capital. And just here recently, we have sold um, two deals, institution, we've sold basically three deals, institutional, you know, they were only three-year, basically three-year hold, and um, we sold those and, you know, did really well with them. Obviously, market, we bought them right. Um, so now we're sitting on a lot of cash. Um, we're trying to find out what the institutional guys are doing right, you know, going forward in 2020. Deals are getting smaller, IRR a lot smaller, um, and, then, and then we have a a stable of high net worth individuals. So, our, you know, I guess where the market is and all alternative investments and yields and so forth, you know, everything's kind of low. So 
you know, we're trying to pick our moments and, and, and try to buy right, take advantage of um, the lower debt that's still out there and, 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 and available. Um, right now, we're in three markets. We're, um, you know, we have Dallas, Houston, and Austin. Um, you know, we'll continue to underwrite and, and, and look in, and look in those markets and try to expand. But we're just going to knitting and our underwriting. And if some somebody's coming out of a tax-free exchange, or um, you know, we're just not going to pay up. So we're going to, you know, be very, very disciplined in here. And uh, you know, hopefully, uh, we'll find our right bond. You know, I've just heard recently there's been little you know, 80s product deals that have, you know, gone under contract and for some reason or whatever have not closed. So, you know, maybe we just make our offers, stay close to the rim and, and hopefully, you know, pick up some rebounds. Um, so our high was we're up to 7,000 plus units. You know, we're we're down to about 200 units spread out between the three markets I discussed. So, you know, we're, uh, we're actively looking. Um, you know, we've sold what we want to sell and um, we like our we like all our deals and our basis that we're in. Them. Um, the only disappointing aspect of our Houston properties really have not gotten the rent growth um, such as other markets like Dallas and Austin. So hopefully we'll get some sales that are, you know, at, at our back. That's great. And also, let me add one other thing, Mark. You know, we. Um, we really don't third party, but we do we one we have one individual that we do third party for him. I think another way that we will for highly capitalized partners, I think being homegrown, being close to the market, to the you know, three markets plus we'd like to go to San Antonio for the right investor, we would look to manage for them as long as they're well capitalized. Um, because it's our reputation on the line if if they're not and you know We've been building this reputation now for so many years. We don't want one operator, one investor not take care of their assets or not pay their bills um, to ruin our credibility. That's great. And uh, you worked as a broker with some of your current buyer competition today. Um, at least one comes to mind. I'm sure you, you've crossed paths with guys that uh, you were working uh, for or with um, back in uh, through the 80s. But uh, if you look at a guy like uh, Tim Cantrell, for example, um, some may know him, some may not, but his, my understanding, his investment strategy is a bit different from yours. Um, he seems to be a guy that has used mostly his own capital. Maybe he's brought in a few partners on deals um, and tick situations, but uh, for the most part, I don't think he's out there syndicating. And he pretty much only buys distressed distress properties and distressed situations, uh, just foreclosures. So I'm just curious, you know, do you think your strategy has served you well? Um, and, and what is that? How does that uh, using other people's money uh, strategy, uh, how has that helped you? And I guess, why do you think your strategy is better um, than someone like his? Oh, I wouldn't say necessarily better. I mean, we all have different um, ideas how to grow, how to scale our business. Um, you know, Tim, on his hand, he doesn't have 500 investors. You know, he has him and a couple of friends. You know, I have a lot of investors, which I like. I, I like the people aspect. I like talking to my investors. 
um, what they're looking for, even the good and the bad and the, and the roller coaster ride. So there's there's no there's no rhyme or reason to go either way. Um, I, in my opinion, I think you need both. I think you need you need the institutional guys to you know more scale your business, and you know they rule. You know those who put up the money rule the nest, and, and you got to go in with that mindset. Um, you know, we've done institutional guys from the GE days to the Alex Brown and 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 um, and, and and Dome Equities, and, and they've been great partners, and you learn a lot from them, and and they got different ways of doing business and different asset management. So for me, it's it's scaling my business, learning from you know these private equity guys. You know, um, they're smart, they do it right, they're in a lot of markets, um, and it's a way for me to scale it. Um, and then on the same token, I know going institutional, they got a, a time horizon. That's the only disappointing thing on the institutional. You know that they typically have a five-year horizon in and out. On my high net worth guys, you know, they, they want to clip coupons. They want they want that cash flow and, and they want it on a quarterly basis. And uh, and thank God, you know, I mean, looking back, I wish I didn't sell some of these deals. You know, what I sold Woodhaven and now what they're selling for today and, and Fort Worth I'm discussing, it, it, it's just it's just mind boggling to me. Um that's why like my five thousand or fifty two hundred that we have today, I mean these are core holdings, they're probably never selling. Um so uh, I hope I'm not getting off track, Mark, but basically um I'll continue to continue to grow my business that way through my high net worth and institutional and, you know, and, and I love having partners in my deal. I, you know, I'm at the point in my life, it's, it's more fun to share the wealth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would assume that, you know, it's, it's hard to be patient, especially when you see everyone else buying. So um, seems like you've been able to find some good deals, uh, you know, beyond in, in 20, 14, 15, 16, 17, and beyond. And, uh, um, you know, that'll serve you well. So I think you kind of answered it, but uh, I had a question, what are your plans for 2020? Um, I know you're still out there um, beating the pavement, looking for deals, making offers, um, and it's challenging to buy right now. But uh, anything else you want to add as far as your plans for 2020? And I mean, you said you talked to a lot of the institutional folks. Uh, you know, what are you see them doing? Does that affect your strategy going forward into 2020? Well, I, I think really from the institutional side, it's really hard to get these, you know, low to even mid IRR returns unless, you know, you got some major value add and, and, and uh, you know, to, to create those type of returns. So, yes, we are going to still reach out to the institutional guys, see, um, you know, for example, Dome, who we, we were very successful on two deals. I mean, um, you know, they haven't they haven't been able to buy anything with really with their Texas partners this year. Um, so we're just going to have to find some other institutional guys. Maybe they're looking for a little bit less IRR returns, a little bit longer hold, and we need to seek seek those partners out that you know want to partner up with good management and, and maybe accept lower returns. Um, at the same token, um, we're going to continue to, you know, find the markets, try to hit our cash on cash returns and, and, and hopefully, you know, grow next year. I mean, basically, 
we we bought one deal with one partner in Houston this year. This year, so we only did one deal. We sold two. We refinanced. Like we took advantage of the low interest rates and um, for this year. So hope twenty twenty we can pick up our acquisition going forward. If you were to give yourself advice as a new investor, um, you know, call it back in the nineties, what would that be? What's what's the biggest piece of advice? I'm sure you'd give yourself quite a few tidbits, but what's the biggest piece? Well, in the nineties, you know, I was so uh, wanted to refinance a lot of these properties and give all the money back to my partners. So, and and a couple of deals, especially like in the Woodhaven area, of Fort Worth. I mean, we put some debt on there, maxed out the debt. Markets changed. Markets got soft. Rents went back to where I bought these deals. And then in, you know, 2008, when the market was soft and there wasn't any, you know, there wasn't any debt and the financial crisis, um, there was no debt for these deals. And the NOIs were a lot less than, you know, couldn't get the debt that I needed to get out from under the debt. So I learned a lot from, the, you know, that time in 2008. So even on the refinances today, um, Using lower leverage, um, you know, sixty-five percent of the new value, and uh, yeah, I'm not so inclined to, you know, be in a hurry to refinance and return the capital. Debt always kills if you got an NOI that's going the wrong way. So um, I'm very cognizant of of that. Um, and the other thing, and the reason, you know, we did so well in 2008 and had no legacies is the fact that all our properties were you know, well-maintained and, 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 and the lenders knew it and they wanted to work with us. Yeah. My next question was actually, what would you have done in 2007 prior to the recession to help you through the next cycle? I think that's maybe one strategy. So those two questions kind of go hand in hand. It's just, yeah, really Mark, it's just, um, God, had I known back in 2009 and 10, what some of this 80 stuff would have been, what I could have bought it for and what it's selling for today, I wish I would have bought a hell of a lot more deal. <laughs> uh, that's that. the bottom line. And then I also thought, well, God, all these 80s are, you know, I started buying, I started, my strategy was to start to buy newer. So everything in Houston that we own is, um, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's 2000 and newer. So, and then in Austin, you know, we've, we got a couple of workforce housing deals and, and, and a couple of newer ones. And, and, you know, the last two I bought here was that standard at city line, you know, buying in these high growth areas, you know, there's a lot of product coming online. So you got to manage through the concession. Um, Cause I, I couldn't believe what some of the older stuff was for. And my strategy was to buy, you know, newer stuff. Like you can buy newer stuff, pretty much what they're paying for some of the eighties after the value add. So. Yeah, and going forward next year, we're, we'll probably go back and look at some of this 80 stuff on a higher cash on cash return, but still continue to look for maybe developers that are not getting the rent. So, the, you know, a little behind in their lease up for opportunities, opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that a lot. I mean, when 80s product is trading at, uh, you know, tax adjusted two, three and four caps and, uh, you know, you got 2000s value add product that uh, you're coming in at maybe a, a five cap or something like that. Uh, maybe, maybe in the fours. Uh, it's like, you know, 
why would you chase the 80s product that's older and it's going to give you more headaches? So we're right. seeing a lot in today's market uh, migrating up to just higher quality product, more institutional level product as well. So uh, what is the best way for listeners to connect with you to learn more about uh, yourself or Price Realty Corporation? Well, then go to my website, which is uh, www.pricerealtycorp.com. Uh, or I'm 24-7, so then call me at the office at 972-788-1925, um, extension 223, anytime. Feel free to call me. Um, I like partnering up. I like mentoring, and um, and we're looking for deals. And my uh, access, uh, acquisition person, his name is Emmanuel Matta. He's been with me over 10 years. And I tell you, the whole key to all the success is I have people that been with me 20 plus years and treating your people right, treating your investors right, and taking care of your assets, you should have longevity in this business. And being honest with your lenders, critical. Well, Mike, thanks again for the time. I appreciate you joining us. And I really hope to do a deal with you here in the near future. I would love it. Thanks for the opportunity. I really do appreciate it.